Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Welcome to our episode on Pilot X. How did you like the book, Peter? I liked it a lot, uh, except for the fact that it was impossible to find anything online about it except the, just the sale of the book. Yeah, we might have picked a pretty obscure one, so that's our bad. It might have something to do with the fact that it was probably Doctor Who fan fiction rebranded. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. I didn't. I did not look at fanfiction.net. <laughs> if I had looked you there, I probably would have found more information. You would have found it there. And I don't mean this as a pejorative because I still enjoyed it very, very much. I'm just like, man, there are a lot of similarities. And I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who, but yeah. Yeah, for many, serious. Many similarities that made it basically the same thing. But you know what? We can never really cover Doctor Who because of how humongous it is. So it's like the next best thing. <laughs> I Just for future reference, I vote we do like a Christmas special or something. That's a good idea. We could do it for Christmas. Oh, boy. <gasps> this little, little preview into the future if we're still doing this at Christmas. Genius. Two months from now? You don't think we have another two months in us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't ever I think we That's have another two episodes. weeks in us. That's four episodes. That's beside the point. <laughs> we have at least two more topics planned. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Gotta right, do that. So we have at least one more month in us, guys. So don't don't jump off board too too soon. Jump off board? I've never heard that one. But you know what? Shameless plug. We're more likely to stick around if people share. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm As saying. <laughs> we're entirely driven on um, basically the approval of strangers. Well, I think that's kind of like the whole podcast industry and also oh, no, all no, no, entertainment no. pretty much. We haven't Enter- monetized this in any way. It's exclusively the approval of strangers. Oh, you mean we personally are motivated by it, not like we're oh, supported yes. by it financially or No, no, like our our sole motivation. This isn't fun. We hate each other. Yeah, oh god, that's so true. I I'm so happy my college and four and a half hours away from you. <laughs> and yet every two weeks we get on the mic for you, listeners. You're welcome. To boost my ego. <laughs> so literally tens of people can hear me. <laughs> tens of people. It's <laughs> what I always dreamed of. <laughs> very, very, very minimal fame. <laughs> the sort very of fame you can fame. get by running a club at your high school. <laughs> <laughs> I never did it, so this is my dream realized. But less power than a... Middle school class president. <laughs> Way less. We cannot get you a vending machine. Well, I mean, we could try, pipe. but I don't have very much confidence in us. And also, I have no idea where it'll be. That too. Do people even use vending machines anymore? Who can say? We already have a vending machine. You have to find it. <laughs> um. All right. So, Let's dive in. book? <laughs> Pilot yeah. X? Anyway, as I was saying, I thoroughly enjoyed Paladex. I've listened to it a few times, as is the case for uh, most of our books. <laughs> that Peter pre-screens. I pre-screen, then pre-screen again by the time we get around <laughs> to doing it. Because I consume about a book and a half a week. So, it's not it, bad. Uh, that don't suck. Yeah. It's like 75 yeah, you know. books a year. Yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. 77, pretty solid. if you want to be. And a quarter. <laughs> um, wait, is that correct? No, Maybe. that's not correct. I don't know. Oh, God, no. No, it's right. Okay. Did you forget the extra tenth of an extra quarter of a day? Do you guys want us to do more math or? That's six more hours I could be reading. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yes, it is quite a good book. 
Did you All have right, more to cool. say about it than how many books end, you read? End of episode. <laughs> Check. We liked it. We hope you did too. Uh, please rate Enjoy and review. Some <laughs> Us, not oh, the book. I want to be very clear. <laughs> Couldn't give a shit if you reviewed the book. All right, Cece. So, how did you like the book? I liked it very much. I, first of all, loved how short it was because, frankly, I do not have nearly as much time these days to listen to a book on my headphones. So, I've been doing a lot more actual physical book reading, if you can believe it, because I'm taking the train now. So, that's really cut into my uh, my audible time. I might have to start reading physical books for our for our podcast, Peter. I don't know where you're going to get them. I don't know either. <laughs> if I'm where not buying them on books Audible, if you're not you. buying them. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a sign there's a friend at work who uh, I offered to give him a ride home at like eleven o'clock on a Friday night after we got out of work, mm-hmm. and he said no, thank you. I like taking the bus so I can listen to my audiobooks. And you were like kindred spirit. He's like I get an hour every like I get like a couple hours a week on the bus so I can justify not doing homework and sit and listen to audiobooks. And I was like oh hell yeah all right cool. Yeah, the bus is great for that. It's almost as good as driving because I feel like the bus is a constant struggle to stay not on top of your neighbor. Yes, that Just is true. In my personal experience with buses, <laughs> whether well, you're standing or sitting, it's still very true. Because we have a strong aversity to touching other people. I think most people do when it comes to the bus, I hope. Oh, there's definitely people that are like, hey, what's up, man? Shoulder rub. Like perverts or just like non-socially awkward people? <laughs> no, I mean like extroverted people. Uh, perverts, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> you mean perverts? Yeah, you're right. I did be perverts. <laughs> <laughs> Perversions. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I thought this book was very good. It was like a really interesting tone. Because it dealt with some very serious stuff, but it was not, it wasn't like a haha funny book, but it didn't feel like an overly solemn book at all. It didn't seem like it was about an No, really though. Struggle. It was about like the biggest of questions, which is, you know, should I kill my entire species and two other species besides? I that all the time. <laughs> to save the universe from ourselves. Like, <laughs> now, I don't know if there's other intelligent life out there, however... <laughs> That's pretty Still bold. feel pretty strongly. <laughs> you know what I would do? I would kill humans and mosquitoes. Save the bees. Save the bees, and now nobody has to get bitten by yes, mosquitoes anymore. Yes, once dolphins anymore. inherit the earth, I still have I still have one more slot for another species. I don't uh, know. I like dolphins, any, like, so we have the option of an amphibious intelligence. Maybe we'll see. What? No, save the. Do- oh no, I'm you're saying you're gonna kill them? Oh, oh, I think it's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You mean who would rise to take our place? I would love it. Yeah, if I think it would be more place. likely. However, what if we saw uh, like a, a b- both of them kind of forming some intelligent species? Uh, it's like sort of you know pseudo children of time. Okay, I was gonna talk about children of time too. It's the only one that has aquatic intelligent life. I don't know why. Um, Star Wars. What are you talking about? The Gungans, Peter? No, I'm talking about the calamari. Oh, okay. Who are literally named they're, Calamari. They're admirals. <laughs> they're literally named Calamari. Fuck <laughs> like you, Star Wars. <laughs> Just try, okay? George Lucas saw his dinner one night and was like, oh shit, this would be a great this, alien. This looks like an alien. Oh, <gasps> I have an idea. <laughs> and fun fact, that's what inspired the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Yeah, so that's true. That's all canon. That is, that's literally true. I don't know why you're laughing. 
It's just history, Peter. Like, cinema history, okay? Classic George Lucas. So speaking of intelligence, you want to talk about the intelligent species we see in this in this book? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's talk about those three big ones. The, the big three. Uh, the uh, triumvirate of time travel. The sensorians are interesting. They're I like that they're like... Okay, they're gross, for one thing. Oh, for <laughs> Pretty sure. clearly gross. Um, and I, I love a good hive mind species. Big fan of that. But the twist on them was definitely like that they could think and communicate through time with themselves. Yeah, like biologically that was a thing they could do. Yeah. It doesn't seem too too plausible to me just sort of scientifically, but it was still really interesting to think about as a concept. And they are alien life, so what the fuck do I know? I don't know. They probably involved quantum something. <laughs> they had quantum neurons in their brains yeah. that let them do yeah, it. Yes, qu- quantum neurons. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's actually kind of like the reverse of that, uh, again, children of time, ancestral memory thing that they had. Welcome back to uh, Children of Time. Hey, That's the best book we've done. That's like a real throwback. How long ago was that? A couple months? That was a, that was a while ago. But I it was not a it. recent book, and yet, here it is. Uh, yeah, so here it is making a reappearance. That's what we call, CC in the business, continuity. I thought an interesting... Okay, do you remember this? This is such like a weird throwaway thing, although it ended up being really important in the end. Um, but it was like such a weird touch to throw in that they like mark people before they engage in battle by like flinging themselves at them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little bits of sensorian. That was Just so like funny. chum. <laughs> like splat, 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 splat. It was so random. <laughs> it was so gross. And like actually in retrospect it makes a lot of sense because there needed to be an excuse and they were like well these guys are gross so it might as well be something gross. <laughs> Wait, what? They needed an excuse for pilot X to have like a little bit of sensorian tissue. Oh god, it was so funny. But also, like, it kind of makes sense, because you think about it, if, like... Because the way the Sensorians describe it is, like, all their cells are Sensorian, too. Like, it's all Sensorian. Yeah. But it reminds me Like, no matter what size. Yes, so, in... Oh, this is a... uh, Another weird... This is a throwback to a book we had not done in the series that we did a book from. Whoa. Um, so get ready. So, I'm about to foundation it. Oh! So... A later Foundation book includes this planet called Gaia, which has this thing. It's a planet-wide consciousness. Uh, so all the people are con- are involved in this, all the way down to, like, the bedrock. And so it has this incredible data storage, but it's, like, embedded in how the bedrock is laying. And That's everything, really to some level, is conscious. I like Obviously, that. like, there's lower forms of consciousness and higher forms of consciousness, but everything is conscious in some degree. Right. So that's kind of what I liked about the uh, uh, the Sensorians, because, like, if they threw their, you know, chum, their self-chum at you, <laughs> then all of a sudden, I think that's kind of like a cool scouting method. But yeah, that's true, they too. They can tell where it is, and therefore they know where your ship is. Because basically the one thing all sci-fi talks about is if there was, you know, space battles, they would be of massive scale with, like, slow-moving ships from far away. Relatively yeah. slow-moving. So, it would be very helpful to have real-time information on where everyone is. Yeah, that's totally true. And, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of, now that you say, like, it's a scouting thing? It kind of reminds me of um, uh, the singularity trap and how not Bob, whoever that character's name is, not Bob, would throw, not out, Bob. <laughs> throw out nanites, like, into dust. And when a spaceship fl- flew through it, he would, like latch on and like it's not quite the same thing because those things like could literally just take control of the ship if they wanted to whereas these are just sort of like there but i can see why it would be like 
sort of a really good almost like a defense tactic mm-hmm. just to be alerted like instantaneously without having to like expend any energy yeah it's completely ready made yeah it's really interesting I'm actually surprised they didn't go with that explanation in the book instead of being like they're marking you it's like a weird dominance thing <laughs> I'm pretty this sure they fine. said that <laughs> they're like nobody's really sure but it seems to be some sort of a marketing marketing thing marketing marketing <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about the sensorians? <laughs> have you heard the good wo- have you heard the good sensorian news? <laughs> like knocking knocking against the spaceship. Oh, just God. like another throwback to Doctor Who. Could not stop picturing it as the TARDIS. It just sounded just like the TARDIS. Yeah, I know. Bigger on the inside than the outside. <laughs> yeah. Like... Has swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love how their their explanation like he didn't have a life support system. He had a planetary ecology. <laughs> that was very interesting. Was like, Hard to understand how that's efficient, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess because like the way so the way he described it was like he has a planet worth of air behind him. So that sounded like he had a ton. It was like a huge, huge, huge air tank. Yes, um, but he doesn't have that. But but what it sounds it like more, a wormhole. What would have been more helpful, I feel like, is if it was, like, a planet with, like, you put, like, like greenery on it. And if, could if, self, there was, uh, if there was flora, yeah, it would be able to regulate itself and you'd be fine. Yeah, like, that's true. That sounds way more helpful. Why couldn't it just be, like, a connection back to Alenda? I guess it had to be a closed system. I think that's the whole point. It was a closed loop. Okay, because right. it was time travel, too. <laughs> huh? I think the whole point is because it was also time traveling, so it would, you had to have a closed loop. Because if you didn't have a closed loop, you'd have to link back to some point in the Lenda in time. Oh, that's true. And who knows yeah. what you'd get. And who knows, because Alenda was fucking wild. Alenda <laughs> was fucking wild. Uh, do you want to segue into talking about the Alendans themselves, then? All right, let's talk about the Alendans. Um, I, let's start with the big man himself, uh, Mr. Secretary. Very interesting character. Could not get a read on him. Nope. <laughs> I was honestly like kind of bummed out at the end when he turned up turned out to be like on board with the the dimensional war and everything. Yeah, he turned out to be like a supervillain. Yeah, pretty much a supervillain, especially since like they really describe him as like the actual power behind the Guardians. Like the one who's genuinely calling all the shots. So like yeah, the Guardians are sort of like almost <laughs> a group of figureheads. Oh, oh, just a quick question real quick. Um was he the secretary for all of time? Yo, I have no idea. And this book was light on details that would have clarified, and I I guess it was intentional, but I can't figure out why. Because that's a lot you know of writing. Mean? There was a lot of details missing. Like, yes, I don't know. I think he's not. But for some reason, for like all of Pilot X's continuity, he was the secretary he dealt with. And I don't know if that's just something that, that is considered to be like how it is in society. Like, maybe you need a visa to travel to another secretary's time or something. <laughs> Because oh, I'm, oh, I'm a citizen of Secretary Rainbow. Um, <laughs> Secretary Rainbow, huh? Yeah. How how is Shim? What? I don't know. I I don't know. Rainbow could be male or female. I don't know how they do it on Alenda. How is Shim? Uh, how is Shim? Shim was good. Uh, CC, <laughs> please. They them adjectives. I'm sorry. Our pronouns. How were, how, fuck. how were they? How was they? <laughs> uh, they was good. <laughs> Weirdly enough, uh, very anti-gay. Um, <laughs> no one saw that one coming. I guess rainbows have a different meaning on Alenda than on Earth, which makes sense. 
extremely homophobic administration. <laughs> Don't laugh. It was tragic. <laughs> well, Peter, you're really coming off pretty bad <laughs> in this particular episode. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, here's my theory. He was a secretary for all of time, but all the important time. So here's my argument, right? Oh, um, when they okay, asked Pilot X one. to be the secretary for like four days. Yes. Oh, no, it was like a year, but but subjective time it was four days. It was local time a year, subjective time four days. Yeah, which is crazy because like imagine just being like an Atlanta citizen, like oh shit, but uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, secretary X. Oh, cool, cool. And then like. He doesn't show up for anything, and then f- a year later, it's like, all right, back to secretary. Um, I mean, how often do you see high-ranking government officials, Peter? Every day. Do you not? No. This is awkward. <laughs> I live a Got much more exciting life. Uh, <laughs> we knew that already. But yet we're both but here no. making a sci-fi podcast. But no, I feel like the Olympians would just kind of like get used to it. I don't know that they cared. But I would not be surprised, though, like to build on that, if, it, if the idea was that the secretary was the secretary who masterminded the interdimensional war. Or the dimensional war, excuse me. Yeah, like, no. he was the secretary who dealt with that. And that's why he was the relevant secretary to Pilot X. So maybe they have all... Maybe they have specialties. Although, I don't know, because... Because Pilot X said that, like... So, they had that weird naming convention where your purpose was your first name. Like, your vocation was your first name. Right, right. And then... Your then you had like your given unique fucking Twitter handle name name at the end, um, (laughs) and so but like the secretary was the one role because like even guardians had names. The secretary did not have a name; he was just the secretary. Well, when Paladex became a secretary, he also didn't have a name. Yeah, he was just the secretary. I know that's what I'm saying. Like all of the secretaries don't have names, so how would you even distinguish between them in this like historical records? Um. But no, there were definitely other secretaries because there Pilot must have X been, right? was like the weird little interim secretary, and they were like, "Yeah, this happens all the time." But like, there were a bunch of secretaries because he didn't do anything important as secretary. That's true. He did no secretary-based so, things. So I there's think, like I don't really even know why they had to make him secretary. Um, to just like inflate a sense of self-importance, so he'd be less likely to question things. I guess. No, no, I think it was because they had to. They were trying to draw out whoever was going after the instant. Oh. They were? Oh, no, no. It would, it would, I think it was because it, the- it added a level of mystique to the instant. And they're like, oh, here's this other, like, this this faux secretary that we bring in for a couple days. This is our very special stuff. purpose secretary who comes yeah, in. Exactly. And if we go with the argument that all the secretaries have their own special, like, purposes and, and specialties, his is, I guess, I don't know, national security? <laughs> uh, I think that's, like, literally all of the secretaries, Peter. Well, well, we're getting really into, like, personal theories about how this universe works. <laughs> is that the whole point of this podcast? I, I, is it? I don't also, know. shit. It all started with Annihilation, where we were like, uh, not a lot happened in this book. And I'm so afraid. So we're just gonna speculate for 40 minutes. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I finished that series, I still don't really know what happened. So... <laughs> Just a little update on your on your reading. If anyone was curious about the Southern Reach trilogy, hey, listen. If any of you understand the Southern Reach trilogy, hit me up. <laughs> I'm so I'm so confused and sad. Please help. 
Oh god, they leave it on just like uh, just such like a blank. I don't know what's happening now. No, no whatever. It's not the point. I'm reading a summary um, when we're done with this. Yeah, you should. It won't tell you anything. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So. So yeah. I, so, go on. I like our theory that he his specialty was the dimensional war. Um, yeah, I think, he, honestly, I think that makes sense. Or oh, oh, that's what sh- I need to be at peace. So like, here's my question. <clears throat> yes. Was maybe was like at the end because like, hmm, it almost feels like at the end of time, secretaries were sent back. Like, all right, cool, you're the secretary of this. Go ahead, and like they just sent them back. That's true. They never talk about what his origin time was, or like yeah, how that no. plays into things. Like, do you no think you, that you're not allowed to time travel until you're like 18, or of age, a end of time? No. You're, oh yeah, actually, you're not. It specifically said that. Oh, did it? That did makes it, sense. It, it, I'm pretty sure. So it did you have to grow up in your time time zone. In your time zone. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> it's all like very confusing. It's a confusing book. It is a confusing book masqueraded as a simple book. Like, on the surface, you can follow what goes all on, like, decently well, but then you start questioning, you're like, I have no idea how this universe works. We just spent 15 minutes discussing who the hell the secretary was. Yeah, who showed up a lot. And was always the same guy, except for that one time it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is some shit. Anyway, so that's the secretary. Um, and he I thought they didn't... All- What's oh, up? sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 please. <laughs> After you. Oh, okay. I thought it was interesting, like, the sort of... One thing I thought was really well-crafted about this book, let's start there, is that I felt like the sort of story of Alenda, as told by Alendans, changed over the, like, course of the book. Because initially, from Paladex's perspective, it seemed very much like hey, man, we're, like, altruistic. We're just trying to, like, instill peace in the universe, make sure nothing terrible happens, um, make sure nobody, like, causes space-time to collapse. Like, we're just sort of, like, this, again, altruistic race who are the only ones we trust to, like, make sure things stay chill. And then Pilotics, like, kind of starts getting more and more cynical about them as they kind of, like, keep... (laughs) abusing him and then mysteries happen and like when he eventually figures out that the dimensional war is caused by the Alendans it like almost seems natural to you because I feel like I don't know if you had this experience but it really felt like Pilot X's estimation of his race like went downhill over time as and so therefore did the readers do you know what I'm talking about like even before he reveals their treachery yeah for sure like he definitely like because a lot, of, I think a lot of stuff goes down where he's like, oh, and then, you know, this, this, and this. Like, he, likes, he kind of gets sick of how they basically treat him. Yeah, I mean, the, the fuckery that the secretary pulled with, like, having him straight up captive for 12 years, like, literally held captive by the rules of space-time, where it was like, well, you can't not play this out for the next 12 years because you've already seen yourself doing it. Yeah. It was very that- weird. He definitely walked out of there extremely cynical. Yeah, it was just like, fuck that guy. But he still does his job. Because the secretary managed to convince him that that was what had to happen. Yeah, and I mean, like, basically spent 12 years being told, like, how high the stakes are. And, like, how important this is. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, it makes me wonder, that that particular part makes me wonder about um, a London uh, uh, lifespan. 
Because, like, not to pull another Doctor Who parallel, but I was like, are they, like, Time Lords? They just sort of, like, live forever? I mean, they seem to be pretty technologically advanced. But, like, 12 years is a big fucking deal for somebody of our of our lifespan. Yeah, like, can you imagine tentable. losing 12 years? A tenth of a lifetime at best More than. Odds. Yeah, if you have a very long life. It's a tenth of a lifetime. I mean, I think our like, average from this generation up is probably going to go pretty high from now on. But that's Yeah, probably. Point. Um, yes. It is weird, because he seems, like, mostly just pissed off about the loss. Like, he's like, I just wasted my life for 12 years. But, like, not like, oh he's my god, sad. my life is over. Yeah, that's totally true. He's not, like, despairing, like, oh no, I've lost so much time. I wanted to be a father. He shows no interest in having a family. Until he randomly has a crush on that girl at the end. And then you're like, why did they even include this? <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. It was super weird, right? Like, you did not need that. Were you just trying to prove to us he's heterosexual because of the very homophobic Alendans? <laughs> like, he didn't, was, he didn't start to become... He didn't start to hate Alenda because of its its, its policy on... Uh, on gays. Uh, uh, on gays, I guess. Is, I was trying to figure out like, a good way to say that. But yeah, sure. <laughs> he became cynical about Alenda because of Alenda. Not because he was gay. That's very important. <laughs> it's very, yeah, you can't... <laughs> Tom Merritt really wanted to drive that Don't doubt the purity of his, of his motivation. All here, I'm saying okay? is, he's going to heaven at the end, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the London lifespan is, he lived a good heterosexual life. <laughs> <laughs> he spread the good news. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what the ambassadorial corps was for. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go into a lot of detail because they didn't want to offend people, but it was definitely evangelizing. It's like sort of a Jehovah's Witness thing. You know, yeah, I'm actually I'm very much seeing that scene from um, uh, the Book of Mormon. <laughs> it kind of is, though, if you think about it. He's like, "Have you heard the good news of Alenda?" That's sort of what the what the diplomatic corps does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Going around trying to convert people to a London before they get converted by sensorians or progons. And here's the other thing, right? Um, he in but the guardians, the guardians were a little more like scary voice from on high giving you your mission. Totally, totally. So I'm seeing that scene from the Book of Mormon split into two, which is the guardians of Alenda and the ambassadorial corps. I We've done it. We have not seen it. the Book of Mormon, so I can't truly join you in this joke, but I'm sure it's amazing. It's very funny. It's very good. Okay. It's a very good joke. <laughs> oh, Peter, you wit. Ah, uh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> but no, it was interesting. Like the okay, the we should talk about the whole diplomatic relationship between the three races. Although first I want to talk about how the progons are a super interesting idea. But I so wish the book had gone into more detail. Alright, let's go. Why do you think they're interesting? Because they are non-corporeal life, intelligent life. It says mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it says they were they evolved non-corporeally. That's a fucking word, but like incorporeally, they, I guess. I guess. I mean, they have to be made up of some kind of atoms, right? No, not necessarily. I, I, do they not? Then what are they made up of, Peter? Like, where's this energy coming from? You know, and lightning. I don't know. Shit. Um. That was stupid. Electrons? <laughs> they're made up purely of electrons. <laughs> There's... Okay, I guess they're not atoms. But they're parts of atoms. Whatever. The point is that 
they I like I wanted it explained. I was like, how did they happen? All it says is that it was very unlikely to happen, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Tell me I, more. <laughs> I'm aware. I have a baseline understanding of science. <laughs> but like, not uh, not only that, but like they had the whole um, idea that they they also create androids and they like make them in the shape for their purpose. And so it was interesting that they had sort of like humanoid, a humanoid android that was dealing with Pilot X when he was there, or I, don't, I forget what he was at the time. And but uh, was he Ambassador yeah. X? Yeah, because that's when he was going around doing his little missions for uh, the, se- the secretary. That was post twelve years, right? Yeah, that was like immediately after the twelve. No, wait, no, it wasn't. Shit. Fuck. Doesn't. No, matter. no, it was. It was like the last mission he got as an ambassador. Um. Before. The twelve. Because I feel like okay. Did you <laughs> total side note? But did you enjoy the fact <coughs> that Sidebar. you spent twelve? <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> cut um <laughs> did you enjoy that <laughs> he spent 12 years training with the fucking secretary and then immediately fucked up Which when he went and visited the sensorians and he was like wow they're really treating me nice and starts chowing down and gets fucking poisoned you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. know he was like he literally said like the scene before sensorians don't dine d- diplomatically or whatever like <laughs> And he's like, oh, sweet. Food. <laughs> Food. Delicious. I'm starving. Now, I think it might be because he was told that the ones at the Fringe Cascade were chiller. Like, notoriously hospitable is what that what he said about that one. I guess, but like... Oh, that Mind sucks. you, I'm not defending him. He fucked up. He definitely fucked up. And thank God Verity was there like a boss and took care of business. Yeah, just like rolled up and fucked shit up. <laughs> I know. It always... Anytime they're like, oh, yeah, Verity's, like, in storage over there, and I'm like, yeah, if she wants. <laughs> Verity does what the fuck she wants. If she's in storage, it's because she wants a nap, okay? <laughs> Verity's just chilling. <laughs> but anyway, back to the progons. Verity's having um, a spa day. Huh? Oh, yes. Verity's Ver- having a spa day. <laughs> Verity put on some Zen music and chilling in an oil bath. It's very nice. Because yes, they do still use oil. Actually, I'm, I'm imagining. Oh, it's temporal oil. It's <laughs> it's quantum oil. <laughs> that sounds very mystical. Really fits in with this fiction that we've built together with the author of this book, whose name I forget. Tom Merritt. I was gonna guess Tom Merritt, but I wasn't sure if that was the narrator. I'm pretty Go sure on. it's Tom Merritt. Um, it might be the narrator, but he built the fiction too. He also built the fiction. We built, built it together. A story. All four of us. What a beautiful team. I demand Us, Tom my... Merritt, and Tom Merritt. <laughs> Tom Merritt and Tom Merritt with two T's. <laughs> and two R's. No, that's ridiculous. My name's Tom Merritt with two R's. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. <laughs> anyway, um... Shit, what were we talking about? I think you were going to say something before we started <laughs> being stupid. Yeah, we started grifting, so... <laughs> Grifting? Do you mean riffing? No, grifting. I meant grifting. You do mean grifting. Yeah. Who are we grifting? <laughs> the listeners, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this whole damn time. podcast has been a grift. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Every week we can end it with... Give us all wasted, your money. <laughs> we've wasted another hour of your time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um... So, yes, back to the progons real quick. Um, <laughs> I just enjoyed that every time P- 
pilot X dealt with them, he like had no idea whether they were actually a machine or just inhabiting a machine. And then he like developed like the patterns of which progons were which and when it was inhabited and when it wasn't inhabited. It was an interesting game for him to play. Yeah, through chess. Through chess, which is really smart, and I really like it. Even if I don't understand why chess was existed in this universe. Coffee exists in this universe. I know. Did you and enjoy pineapples. the Saul cameo? I, I loved the little drops in there of like, yeah, I mean, there's this one planet that can make fucking pineapples like nobody's business. That's <laughs> it. Where else can? And no one knows why. <laughs> yeah, but no, and then later on when he's like, quote unquote, cleaning up the dimensional war, he uh, comes across this again and Verity's like, most important to you. And he's like, why? And she's like, they make coffee there. And he's like, holy shit. They never mentioned that the coffee planet and, and the original pineapple planet are the same, but. But we know. Are- Surprise, listeners. It's us. Hell yeah. Little soul cameo. <laughs> uh, it was very satisfying. It was just to, enough. All Pilot X needed to defeat the Sensorians was a lot of salt. <laughs> if only he had known. He was pretty salty the whole time. I'm surprised he didn't just win. <laughs> he was laying on the salt. But they, you know what? They had those buckets. That must be what defends them. Oh, they did have those buckets, yes. He was real salty for like the whole second half of the book, but who can blame him? It was really, it was really angsty, actually. It's, it's basically Harry Potter book five. <laughs> deep cut, TC. Deep cut. Not really. I'm listening to it right now. Not for me. Um, <laughs> oh god. And that's what matters. Fair. Um, but okay. Final point about the progons. I enjoyed that they were more emotional than the sensorians. I thought that was like, I mean, like it's a small thing, but it's just an interesting twist on uh, expectations, yes. you know. You think, like, oh, the robots, you know, they have no feelings. They're just, like, you hey, know, like, hey, fucking Daleks or Cybermen or whatever. Hey, what, where did the, the Progons get their, their robots? I don't know, Peter. No one explained I, I, it. Wait, who was, like, who was the first dude that was, like, oh, this is a really friendly cloud. I'm going to give it a body. <laughs> and all of a oh, sudden, my God, Peter, you watch Rick and Morty? Uh, not anything that involved that. A cloud? I have no idea what the fuck you're There's talking about. There's a cloud about. in Rick I've decided it's a Progon. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> this, all of a sudden, Rick and Morty makes sense, finally. <laughs> finally. Finally. It all it's s- about just sort damn of clicked time. into place right there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so some asshole was like, found a friendly cloud, and was like, I want to make you a body, and then the Progons developed. Pretty much. That's pretty much what happened. It was it was yeah. Morty, Peter. Morty did it. <laughs> Morty, you son of a bitch. Morty. Um, Morty. You pissed off the squirrels, Morty. This is the universe where you pissed off the squirrels. <laughs> uh. Morty fled and then found a cloud. London's actually looked like squirrels. No one talks about it. <laughs> Morty, you pissed off squirrels now. You've done it now. Um, <laughs> very bad brick impression, courtesy of me. Oh, my God. Yeah, you gotta smoke for about 30 years. Yeah, yeah, and drink more. And I mean, I have had two glasses of wine, so I'm trying, I'm trying here. Ah, that's, yeah, it's fair. To be like, everyone's idol, Rick Sanchez. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um, oh, but about the uh, the sensories, the programs, and the lenders before we move on from them. Yes. And talk about some other bullshit for 20 more minutes. Yes. Is that, um, I liked how they all had, like, different versions of time travel. I thought that was very a very neat narrative tool. Yes, it was interesting. Um, now, here's my Not argument. travel, per se, right? Well, yeah, time... T- 
time Manip- manipulation, I guess. Not even manipulation. Doesn't... Time, I guess, like, loopholes. Like, <laughs> got time around access. time. Well, yeah, so, like, um, so, so the Alendans had full control, right? They could travel. They could communicate through their traveling. Like, they were cool. Right. They couldn't communicate through time, but they could travel, and that's just the same thing. Yes. Um, so, great. Then the Progons, uh, what? They could cast themselves throughout time? Uh, I'm honestly not sure how it worked for the Progons, to be honest. But let's go with that. <laughs> or, like, just or that they could like store they, the data. Yeah, they can. They could store data throughout time. I think oh, no, yeah. They, you know, they definitely have, like, temporal communicators. Because that comes that's into play later with the instant. Because it was a technology thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why they could do it. Um, and then the, the Sensorians uh, were the hive mind, like the all time hive mind. Yeah. Again, like unbound by time. It's like in all yeah, places, okay. in all cells, in all time, they uh, understood each yep. other. With their, with their quantum neurons. <laughs> so, exactly. Every cell in a Sensorian's body is a quantum neuron. <laughs> Stupid. They're just big old mushy brains. <laughs> they kind of. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, actually, like a With little Russian bit. With Russian accents. Yeah, if you listen to the audiobook. <laughs> Why did they have Russian accents? That's why I have a Russian? voice, and Russian's good. It's a good voice. I like listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, though. It was very funny. And you know what? This book kind of was about the Cold War and the secret Comrade not Cold X. War. Comrade, Comrade X, X, you've wronged us. <laughs> Basically. Dude, I'm a pilot. Comrade X. <laughs> Damn it. It's like being called Citizen. Like <laughs> right? Citizen oh, X shit. sort of felt a little bit dystopian anyway, just saying Citizen. Yeah, honestly, though. Like, and then how it was like I mean, an insult. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, you don't have a job? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> It's like a slur. <laughs> Unless you're like an old person. That's cool. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the tripartite piece? Um, wait. I, I had another joke to make about the... <laughs> okay, shit. let's... Shh, everyone, shh. Peter's thinking. Oh, no, no. It wasn't a joke. It was a well-thought-out point. Rare ones, I know. No! Here's my... All right. Take the Dimensional Wars is bullshit. Dimensional Wars is bullshit. Here's why. Okay. The Elendans could gather every single armed ship throughout their entire history and fight the war. And just sort of, like, smash it out in one battle? Their entire history. <laughs> but then where else? What they is couldn't likely, fight the war anywhere else. What is likely trillions of years. They would literally get themselves time-flanked. Yeah, but the other people... Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. But if they can travel through time, they can fuck everyone up all the time. Well, so... Okay. okay. Here's the thing about time travel and time travel fiction. Yeah? <laughs> it sort of destroys free will. Like, you... <clears throat> it's like... Okay. It's like when Pilot X was... Chilling out like a paradox with the secretary in the woods for 12 years. Like, yeah. very, like, um, very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It did feel like that, yeah. But he, he didn't have a choice but to 
do like to try to escape every four years and then get caught again and then brought back and then sent back in time another four years and like he his freedom was completely destroyed i mean i know that's the point so maybe it's a bad example but like to your point the Atlantans couldn't take all of their ships from all time because they didn't you know and they they knew that they didn't so they couldn't but they were the ones breaking... <clears throat> like, the whole point of the Dimensional War is they were breaking time. That was the whole point. I guess. I mean, they were kind of... Right. They had the whole fixed fixed points thing, which is a whole other thing I want to talk about. If we can get to that. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we're 43 minutes in, so... Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. So, I guess that makes sense. Here's... I guess let's, let's shift right into this, then, then we can talk about the tripartite piece if you want. Okay. All right. The one thing that I like a lot about time travel sci-fi, and also real-time travel, you know, <laughs> and um, my favorite things about that time, is Time travel sci-fact. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> is that idea of, like, the fixed points in time. Okay. Like, there are certain events that no matter what will shake out in roughly this way. Can I tell you? I always thought that was strictly Doctor Who plot convenience. I never realized that, that was like a thing in time travel sci-fi until it came up in this book. Yeah, it's kind of a trope. Like it's it's around. It's I think it's still um, plot convenience though, isn't it? <laughs> it's plot convenience, but like there's an argument to be made if there if you well, like alright, it's so, like imagine like there is a path that time's going to take, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, intelligent species will eventually evolve. Okay, cool. Like, there are certain things that are, are constant. Yeah. And, like, there, the universe will die through heat death. Like, these things are known. Right. Uh, um, I think it's not a huge stretch to take that one step in and go, certain things will always happen. That's like, if you look at... Uh, it's like when we talked about Foundation, right? He, like, generally speaking, societies shift the same way every time. That's true. You're not predicting individual action or anything like that. But, like, the the macro perspective should always pretty much follow the same pattern. And say you use time travel to, to, to stop... Say your, your planet had a terrible revolution and you use time travel to go back and stop it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, maybe ten years after you did you went back, like, it happened anyway. Like, you know, what's, what's ten, twenty, two hundred years of changing when the event happens in the scope of time itself, right? That's true. So, like, you can impact it, but the the theme will always remain the same. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess for more speculation, if you think about it, like, you're bound by what you sort of already know, right? Like, if, if it's already known that something happens, then you can't really prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I would think that's because, like, some fundamental law of the universe prevents you. So, I would almost think that if, that like, the more people who know about this, like, the more sort of widespread this event is, like, the more people it impacts, the more people know about it, etc., the more effort it would expend to try to change it. Does that make sense, like, as a theory? Like, it, if if it's something that affects, you know, half of all life in the universe, 
well, you really just can't can't change that you're not powerful enough, you know? Well, I think that's the whole point of trying to keep the whole war hidden. Like, that's the whole point. Why? Well, they're trying to keep the war hidden because they don't want this kind of this this war to <clears throat> control time to come out. Because if that happened, then all of a sudden a lot of things, like Alendans are not good. Alendans are pretty garbage. Well, and all of a sudden, the leaders of Alenda are garbage. That's the sad part. It's really just I'm, the leaders. You're right. The leadership of Alenda <clears throat> is garbage. Right. Because like, you start to see like all these terrible things. And you think about the average Alendan, but, but not only the average Alendan, but like the trillions of planets that have life on them are going to go, what the fuck? Right. And even Alenda, with all its might, can't win a war against literally everyone. Right. That's really true. So like that's kind of a tide of history changing. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. I hear what you're saying. So enough so yeah, enough people figure it out, then you have an issue. <laughs> right. But I mean Alenda's like so far advanced. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. like, and, and, and enough like numbers. If ten guys with gun if ten guys with guns fought a thousand people with sticks, the sticks would win. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And we're talking about a way different way bigger number difference in this one too. Yeah, it's like, because as far as I can tell, the Alendans are, like, on one planet. Kind of does seem like that, yeah. Like, it definitely seems the Alendans were, like, just chilling in the middle. They're, they're like, a weirdly sterile people. You know what I mean? Like, does Pilotex even talk about, like, family? It's just kind of, like, no. him chilling with Verity. And to an extent, I feel like it's because Pilotex is a weirdo. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, like, domesticity. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of filial attachments. Yeah, that's that's um, a better way of putting it. Which is probably a part of the fact that they can fucking time travel. Yeah, so like, like your kid you? your kid comes of age, you're like, bye. Maybe we'll see yeah, each other like, again. Here's the thing though. Like, you know, one one of the things that motivates people to spend time with their family is like, what am I gonna do when they're gone, right? Like That's true too, know, Peter. Like, yeah, what what the reason why, you know, m- say our older sister and her husband, like, come around a lot with their kids is that like Eventually, one day, they're like, our, our parents are going to die. And they want to make sure they have a relationship with them. They never want to be like, what if? Because it's a lot easier to go, I need to focus on my own life for the next two decades. Do you mean it's not because they like us? I'll catch you later. Oh, no, they hate us. Oh. <laughs> so, see, you've got to learn that everyone hates everyone all the time. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sure. It's like, if they like us, and they want to spend time with us, but you can go, I can spend that time with them later in 20 years when I'm like, stay. That's true. I can time right? travel and hang out with them whenever I want. Literally whenever. If I'll I ever miss them, the re- it's fine. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll text my brother, Zabe, like, hey, Zabe, let's go meet up in the revolution. Yeah. I'm in Lexington and Concord. Let's go. You want to take a little weekend trip out to uh, <laughs> prehistoric times? You want to go be a pirate? Yeah, let's go be pirates. Let's go fucking pirate it out. Oh my gosh, just imagine. Imagine the tourist possibilities. Oh my god. You can, especially in like a capitalist world, you can wait, capitalize fucking Wait, anything. pause. That's what Doctor Who's about. Oh shit. <laughs> Being a tourist when you can travel through time and space. <laughs> We've come full circle. We've come back from Doctor Who. We can't escape Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. It's because it's the same story. It's pretty much the same story, except that he's pretty much combined like the TARDIS and the you know whatever companion into Verity. Let's talk about Verity. <laughs> okay. Segway. Um, 
That was, that was more more agile than any of our segues. And now let's talk about it so we can ruin it. I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> Verity anyway. is awesome. I've already said this. My opinion about right. her is known. Verity, I'm... sentient or really just really smart dumb AI? What? Sent- Verity, sentient or really smart dumb AI? I don't know. We're not supposed to know. That's the mystery. Do you have an opinion? Uh, I think she's evolved. I think she's evolved past what she was ever meant to be. That's true, but, like, I don't don't get the impression that she's been, you know, around longer than any other, um, timeship. Alright, let me hit with my theory. Although she was a special timeship. They did say that, like, kind of from the get. They were like, this one's the newest model. Let me hit you with my theory. Sure. My theory is this. Uh, Verity... And all the other AIs like her are meant to be like they're meant to be as smart as possible. I think the scientists brought them to the brink of sentience and self awareness. They were like, "All right, after every mission, uh, you, you're going to come back and get like factory reset." But uh, Pilot X kind of went like rogue a little bit. Um, they just kind of chilled with Verity. And did their own thing for a long time. And I think Verity never got factory reset. Well, but that implies that there were, like, regulations that they were breaking. That's clearly not true. I mean, Pilot X was, like, a very... Pilot X, Ambassador X, like, all of him. He's pretty much very straight-laced in his career. I mean, maybe. But, like, it became pretty clear. It seemed clear to me that, like, he, he would break the rules a little bit. I mean, yeah, and, like, it's explicitly stated later on that Pilot X is like, it's illegal that I'm not telling them what's going on with Verity, but, like, I'm not gonna tell them. She's my buddy. I'm alone out here. It's, I'm, it's just me and, me and old Ver, but she's sort of growing a brain now, and I like it, so I'm gonna leave it be. <laughs> I got an AI, and I liked it. She had a brain. I guess she needed a, uh, a soul. I mean... I guess. Sure. For lack of a better word. Let's not get into that. We do n- we are not nearly smart enough to discuss <laughs> that particular topic. Coward. <laughs> Realist. <laughs> um, don't be a dreamer, Cece. I don't know. I want to believe. I want to believe in her. But there's also a cynical part of me that's like, maybe not. Maybe it was just a very, very smart, dumb AI. There's a cynical part of me that's like, We'll never be able to create true AI, just really, really smart, dumb AIs. I kind of hope so. I hope we don't ever create smart AI. Like, like actual I, I create smart AI. self-aware AI. You want that? Yes. Why? To what end? Because I think it's ridiculous that we always assume it'll kill us all the time. No, I mean, it's <laughs> like, not, it's not like a fear thing. I just, I, I don't know. You just don't want to play God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, call it old-fashioned. It's just, like, it's it feels like hubris. <laughs> it, of course it's hubris. Man is arrogant. Man is arrogant, but I don't think we should lean into it and just say, hey, it's who I am. <laughs> Y'all like it, you can leave accept, me, sugar tits. I think we need to accept that at some point we're going to do it, and I would rather it be, like, regulated and controlled. I and mean, in the, yeah. In the, in the public view, as opposed to some, like computer programming savant who lives in his mom's basement and is like a hacktivist who invents it. A hacktivist doesn't have that big of a server. They can. They get together. No. It's going to be never... an on. An on's going to create the first smart AI. 
<laughs> Maybe. Probably, um, honestly. Let's be, let's be clear. Let's see. Anything else we haven't talked about? Uh, oh, you we, know what we, we should talk we, about? We, the instant. Oh, we can also try, talk about the tripartite piece. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, there's, I don't feel like there's a ton to say about that. I mean, it really no, is just kind of like the Cold War. I thought it was interesting, like... Because of the way Pilot X reacted when he first saw Sensorian and Purgon, I was like, oh shit, like, these people are actively at war, and then it sort of slowly unfolds over the course of the book that, like, they kind of have, like, this tenuous peace agreement, and I, I, I thought it was really interesting, and it's a shame that that's not actually what Alenda was doing, because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, y'all disagree, but you're just kind of gonna keep chilling. And then he almost created a real peace, and then the secretary's like, no, no, we cannot have cannot has because only a can rule yeah that's such like a i hate that about <laughs> I, hate, I hate that about london's <laughs> classical london homophobic and mega maniacal wait shit cc are we just a london racist uh we're racist against london's yeah no no no, no. we're cool with like individuals i don't know except i did make a pretty blanket statement about london's earlier <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, we probably are. Let's say we're on the side of yes. <laughs> Always assume you're being racist. That's a good policy. <laughs> if you have to ask, the answer's yes. <laughs> Fair point. Um, I thought the tripartite piece was, like, was pretty cool, though, because it was kind of interesting, like, they're, like, there's a lot of politics involved in this, and, like, sometimes we hang out, and we're totally chill with each other, and sometimes we hang out, and we kill each other, and it's real weird. <laughs> sometimes we feed you, and it's fine, and sometimes we feed you, and it's poison, whatever. And no we're just counting. really pissed about that one planet you took from us. That one time. Oh, I love the idea of the library planet. That was very cool, and it's, like, special pods. I don't think it was a library planet. See, it was, like, an economic planet. No. No, no, no. It wasn't just a library. But, like, wasn't it the same one? They had the special pods? Yeah, they totally did. And they were like, and the Sensorians will get access to our archives. And Pilot's X says, oh, no, no, no. I take the Sensorians and blackmail them. And then... Right. You... The reason why they wanted their archives was so they could have access to the pod technology. That yeah, special cool. pods. Yeah. But I... Yeah, I... like, other than that, it was basically the Wall Street of space. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. I'm not joking. It was like a neutral trading ground that everyone could do business with, and they were like this. I, I would oh yes, that was the whole point. Yes, you were. You know what? More Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. It was Geneva. It was space Geneva. It was, Gene- it was the. It was space Geneva. <laughs> You've always got to have a Geneva. Um. <laughs> yeah. But that was cool. <laughs> Lots of London war criminals went to Geneva. They they stored D- up all they? of their their ill gotten gains there. Oh, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the banks at Space Geneva. At Space banks. Geneva, and then they escaped to Space <laughs> Venezuela. <laughs> How many other uh, oh, terrorists or, or, uh, or communists or um, or dictator leadership can we? How many dictator regimes can we reference in this podcast? This episode, uh, as many as we want. Yeah, here it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They already downloaded. <laughs> we too late. got their download, fools. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. <laughs> what, yes. was, what was that anyway. last thing you wanted to talk? Fuck. We I had something, something I was gonna else. say. Lord. Oh, the instant. Um. Who? Hey, Peter. Where the fuck did all the soldiers come from for the war? Was it just that there were like periods of time that were just blacked out? 
Oh, do you mean like, all the... Noticed? Oh, do you mean the exact thing we fucking talked about in Ender's Game? <laughs> yes, I know. I thought about that too. Like, did nobody notice, like, all these fucking millions and billions and of never soldiers going to back? war? I almost, I almost, again, it's like almost a Doctor Who thing, remember? The whole, like, arc with the crack and shit would go through the crack and, like, nobody would ever question that it existed. It, it was just gone, like, erased. Shit, is that what happened? Did it just get erased? Like, if they died in the Dimensional know. War, did this, their, you, their history get erased? That's some bullshit, like, plot, I, I, like, a, like a plot loophole that they would use in a, anything that involves time travel, basically. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I don't know who these people were that were, like, involved in the war. Clearly it was a massive war, so there were a shit ton of people. But again, we don't have a lot of demographics information for Lenda. It seems oddly intentional now. <laughs> a little bit. I really often didn't want to explain it. He was like, preserve Fuck if mystery. I know, is what he said. Final point, though, about the dimensional war. Did you enjoy... When they were like, oh, yeah, you activate the instant, no big deal. All of this just, like, gets sort of erased from the universe. Like, people will notice that something's gone, but that was, they won't know what. It's just sort of going to be, like, this dark matter. That was space. awesome. I was like... <laughs> I was like, I was like oh, wait shit. a second. 60% or something... Like, I forget what percentage of dark matter is assumed, but I think it's, like, 60%. It's, it's like, a lot more than regular <laughs> yeah, matter, so, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, bullshit... <laughs> There's no way that's 60, true. That's 60 true. percent of thin. all matter was in your fucking spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, you know what? You're right. That like, is one shit, big war. That was a big war. <laughs> that's a lot of matter. I'm googling it now. Now I have more questions <laughs> about where all those fucking people came from. Uh, that's a oh shit. Hang on. Four four point nine. Okay, according to Wikipedia. The uh, standard understanding is that 4.9% of the universe is ordinary what matter the shit? and energy. 4.9. 26.8% is dark matter and 68.3% I knew about dark is energy. dark energy. I did know about it. Yeah, I've heard of dark energy and well, I've never heard of it. We don't understand about anything about either of them, which is the whole reason why they're called dark energy and dark matter. You know who, who might explain it? You. Shit. In the universe and you. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I promised now. my next episode like a while ago to be on galaxy formation, but then I'll do dark matter. How could you even remember I don't that remember. was six years ago? Actually, I think it was six months ago. But that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So fi- final final important event of the book. Sort of like the whole reason for the book was Pilot X deciding to activate the instant. Yeah. And the whole reason why it is Doctor Who. <laughs> well, this is the primary thing. This is the thing that when I first listened to it, strongly. I was like, fuck, it's Doctor Who. And then I like everything. Yeah, like within the first five minutes, you're like, oh. <laughs> no, like I he starts with the instant and killing everyone. And then, like, my mind kind of... And then I, I kind of brushed over in the beginning until, like, later when they talked about it. And my mind, like, did a thing where I froze for a second. And, like, all of a sudden I was thinking back through everything that happened in the book. And I was like, shit, shit, shit. It's all Doctor <laughs> Who. The whole book's flashed before you guys. <laughs> um, so that was yeah, how basically. I experienced that. 
Yes. That is extremely yeah. true. Hell of a decision. Um. Yeah, I don't envy it. Probably wouldn't have the guts to do it. And I didn't really understand, like... So, the girl he randomly had a crush on at the end. She was like, oh, don't think of it as killing us. Just think Not of it existing as, like, us. Like, falling out of contact with us or whatever. Like... I was confused. Like, so did he just create a new timeline that didn't have any of them in it? But, like, did they get to keep on living? Or, like, was the instant in his original universe where he activated the instant, was that when all life was lost in that universe? No, not all life was lost in that universe. I think that's the whole point. I think what happened was... Was he in the same universe at the end as the universe he started in? I think so. Because, remember, the universe... um, that he started in, no, the universe that he ended in had fairy tales about the Alendans. That's so true. So he must have... That's true. And, like, the documents on the yeah, computer exactly. about him and stuff. So he must have already been in that universe. My theory is that what, ha- what the Insta did was, I- I'm assuming in meddling with time in some way affects you. Um, some There's some change in this universe. And the instant deletes mm-hmm. everything with that change. Um, now, when it comes to like the lending core, I'm going to go ahead and go with they happen to be they were exposed to so much time travel around them that they all got deleted too. That's, oh, that's true. Yeah. They probably. I mean. Or like the. Yeah, I guess like the the whole society of Alenda couldn't really exist I mean, it's, it's without time travel. Maybe there's a primitive planet somewhere with a group that called themselves the Alendan Core, and they're like, just so some random dudes that don't have time travel, that are pretty primitive. <laughs> and everyone's like, why do you think that's special? And they're like, I don't know, just it just feels like right. Yeah, it feels <laughs> good in my core. Um, uh, there's a health fitness They group. were kind of, I like the concept of the Alendan Core, they were kind of like, Space Amish. <laughs> Do they feel like Space Amish? <laughs> Such as uh, me. Yeah, kind of, actually, now that you say it. They, no, they no had cell phones, no time technology. Travel. Yeah, no, they weren't, like, Backwards. you know. And hey, I'm, I, I love the Amish. Don't don't misinterpret me. But, like, the Alendan Corps was not really, like, ignorant at all. Well, I mean, they were about space no, they, travel. No, no. But they were kind of like, it does make us more powerful. No, they would travel so... in space. That was fine. They would oh, travel I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Time. time travel. Can you imagine? That's like <laughs> that's like spending your entire life being like, no spoilers! <laughs> At every party. <laughs> At <Guys>. all times. <laughs> like, how, that's so stressful. Like, speaking of Doctor Who, but, but after... Okay. After they announced the Twelfth Doctor, I re- I refused to like see or hear anything about it because I wanted it to be like a surprise reveal. And so like I blacked out all that shit on my Facebook. I told all my friends, "Don't talk to me about it." I like was super careful for I don't know maybe a year until they revealed him. And let me tell you, it was work. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I enjoyed living, it. You know, it was my special mission. I don't now, know. I don't watch Doctor Who. However long the Londons live, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. For, so now do that for however many years London's last. So, for. yeah, um, that sucks. And especially because it's a secret society. Yeah. But I respect it, and I, I appreciate I do, the necessity but, like, of it. It keeps yeah, London no, exactly. grounded. This is, your, I mean, this is your core. 
Uh, okay. Alundi yeah. Core. Yeah, it's beautiful. C O R P S or C O R E. I Googled that makes more it. sense. I think it's C O R E. Yeah, that's what I always heard, and then eventually I was like, "Oh shit, is it like core, like a Marine Corps?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's core as in the core of an apple. <laughs> that's what she went with. <laughs> <laughs> it's core as in the French word for heart. Wow. Except it's not. Wow, it's in I the hate core you of an a apple. little bit now. You hate me? A little bit. I said a little. Oh. Bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh, actually better than normal, no. so. <laughs> Usually I hit you a lot. It's a <laughs> Usually it's more than that. It's um, a good day for us. Should we wrap up, Peter? We should wrap up, CC. Um, yeah, final thoughts. Excellent story. Well worth the the read or the listen or whatever you do. Um, Wish I could have read it for free on fanfiction.com, but what can you do? Sometimes <laughs> you're late to the party. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh... CC, how can they reach us? <laughs> uh, we would love it if you would find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar. Or email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. We know it's a lot to type, but we believe in you. Yeah. Well, CC does. Uh, okay. The, well, no I, I do. I guess I can't no speak for him. I don't know has liked it, so I'm, I don't really believe in any of you, really. <laughs> <laughs> They're all trying to email us. They just keep doing typos. <laughs> Like it's so many words. Who came up with this domain? <laughs> Me. The I answer mean, is we're too cheap to pay for the more expensive, more abbreviated versions of our domain. They were like three times the cost. Sci-fi more than sci-bar. that, they were like ten times the cost. Well, some of them were. Sci-fi sidebar, or rather, like Signify Nothing Network, was just a chill name. Nobody wanted it, so we and took nobody it. Wanted it. It was a chill, unpopular name. <laughs> We wanted to .com. Fucking sue us. So, anyway. Uh, speaking of signifyingnothingnetwork.com, you can go there. Uh, go to the Sci-Fi Sidebar page if you want to start a forum or uh, contact us or subscribe uh, to our feed there. Or on your favorite podcatcher. If you want to review us or rate us on iTunes, we would be very, very grateful. Using the terminology. So, huh? Using the very correct terminology. Yes. Did I? I don't yeah, know. Podcatcher. It was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just say podcast app. <laughs> it's very specific. Yes. That also works. Either one. Whatever you prefer to call it. Go there and subscribe, please. And if you wouldn't mind sharing your podcast with friends you might think might be interested in it, we would also love that. Now I've done all the heavy lifting, Peter, so you're going to have to sign us off. Uh, no, I'm not. We have to announce our next book. Oh, fuck! You're right! Alright, so everyone, it is no time to No wonder you were just letting spooky. me go. You're like, shut up, Cece. It is time we're, to get we're not freaky. Done yet. <laughs> it's time to get scary. Uh, it's time to, to, to shiver your timbers and be afraid. That's what that means. <laughs> spooky time. <laughs> Timber is the fear gland. <laughs> and biologists can confirm Timber is fear gland. <laughs> the biology of this book, anyway. Uh, our next book will be Frankenstein. Yes, uh, the and, original and, sci-fi. Yeah, the 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 grandmother, I think we should say, of sci-fi. Yes. Um, it, yes, thank you, Mary Shelley. So yes, it, uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. The good news is this book is definitely in the public domain. Yeah, y'all can get this one for free. It's not it's not an Audible exclusive. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> it's from like the eighteen twenties. <laughs> uh, so it, a lot of people 
don't read it. Um, like, CC, you shocked me when you said you didn't read it. Yeah, but, um, it was never assigned to me, so I never did. <laughs> that's a, that is an A-plus reader attitude there, CC. <laughs> yeah, you can um, tell I read a lot. My first, I mean, my first major sci-fi book I read was assigned to me, so I can't really throw any stones. Which was what? Uh, Job on a Strain. Oh, you know what? And I think it was assigned to you, and then I ended up reading it because you were all crazy about it. Yeah, I, it was assigned to me for my uh, for fresh. It was my fresh incoming freshman recommended reading list. <laughs> that's perfect. School. Anyway, anyway, so, that's all yeah. beside the point. Um, uh, so, we are but going... yeah, no, I I don't usually read spooky stuff. So I never got into Frankenstein, but I'm ready. It's yeah, that time of year, guys. It is excellent. Well, it's going to be a little bit after that time of year by well, the time this episode comes out. See, I think we need to counteract this culture of getting ahead of holidays, like, so much. <laughs> so while everyone's, like, getting hyped up for turkey, we're going to talk about horror. Yes. We're going to really try this. to turn your stomachs. Cece, if I have you for Pollyanna, you're getting your birthday present in February. Or not birthday, Christmas present in February. Fuck, I fucked oh. up that goof. You know what? I kind of like that system, because then you're like, you forget that you're owed a present, and then a present shows up, and you're like, Yeah, <gasps> you're like, matched for like two days, and then you're like, all right, whatever. Um, unless you're <laughs> like me, and you have like a little book somewhere. <laughs> like, fuck, I still... <laughs> From 2008. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll Perfect. be releasing that episode on uh, November 5th. Yes. Monday, November 5th. Find it. Probably. In your podcatcher. Fuck. That's right. I said it again. <laughs> That's All right, we gotta go. <laughs> That's our quota. So we're gonna be peacing out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank we you. hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this has been. Well, I, I hope you kind of liked it. Anyway, this has been Sci-Fi hey. Sidebar. Shoot for the stars. Signifying <laughs> nothing. Network. A tale told by idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.